is not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one.
can or know how to do. To fix it, to get rid of the problem, to resolve the issue, to move the mountain, whatever the trial may be about. And it might not just be one issue, it could be a multiplicity of issues raining down on you all at once. I want you to envision with me for a minute, if you will, a soldier on a battlefield who is surrounded by enemies. And the enemies are closing in on him. Paul in one passage said, uh, and I believe it was Hebrews chapter 12, uh, he talked about how that we are to lay aside the weight and the sin which do it so easily beset us. That word beset literally means to be surrounded by it, to be pressed in on. Have you ever been surrounded and overwhelmed with grief or sorrow or turmoil or strife? Any number of things are all of them at once show up on your doorstep. We preached a few weeks ago about how all of the enemies came up against David all at once. And there comes a time where we come to the end of ourselves. And we feel like, well, the only thing left to do is quit. I've tried everything else. And it ain't worked. I've tried to fix it. I've tried to pray it away. I've tried to give it away. I've tried to sacrifice it away. I've tried to be. I've tried to do the right thing under pressure, and nothing seems to move the needle. But the Bible still has an answer for your dilemma. <laughs> Having done all, the Bible says, "Stand." Amen. May I submit to you that this could be the New Testament equivalent? Of the Old Testament reference, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Could it be that it was deliberately intentional on God's part to bring you to a point to where you are forced to have nothing left but to stand in His hand? What touched me so deeply as my family sang that song this morning, I knew what I was fixing to preach. And quite frankly, I have felt the, the, uh, this dilemma that I'm describing to you. I have felt it on a personal level. And I've even felt like I'm not sure how I can teach others how to stand when I'm not even sure that I can stand. And as my family sang that song, the good sweet Holy Ghost said, oh, you can stand because you're on solid ground. <laughs> the strength of my stand, hallelujah, is not in my legs, it's not in my feet, it's not in my voice, but it's in whose hand that I stand because uh, when others forsake me, the Lord has taken me up. And the Bible teaches us that no man can pluck you out of the Father's hand. I'm telling you this morning that he'll never leave his hand. And because of that, 
He can prop you up when you don't have the strength to stand yourself. Having done all, I've been praying that lately. Lord, I've done all I know to do. I've said all I know to say. I've preached all I know to preach. I, I've sang all I know to sing. I, I honestly am at my wit's end. And the Holy Ghost just says, stand. Amen. Stand. And it matters how you stand. The problem that we often have with standing is that we are not moving. We like to make progress. We like to move the needle. But let me flip the script on you. Could it be that the reason all of hell has come up against you is because you finally come to a place that the enemy considers one of his strongholds? And he's so threatened by your presence that he wants to take you down so that you can't succeed in the place that God has brought you to. Could it be that the territory is so vitally important to the kingdom of God that you win where you're at, that God will be so magnified and glorified in your victory that it disrupts hell, amen? amen. That it vacates hell and all of a sudden people get saved and lives get transformed and church and get on fire for God because you were willing to take your stand even if it didn't look like you're making progress. But let me remind you of something this morning. Sometimes your progress can be measured better not by how you walk, but by how you stand. Amen. Sometimes your progress is not in rushing along and, and making a, covering a lot of miles, but knowing how to stay put where God puts you, even when it kills you to do so. Amen. Jesus took his stand on Calvary's hill, and all the hell came up against him. And it crushed him, and it bruised him, and it killed him. But let me remind you, there was also three days later something significant that happened. When he got back up out of the grave, I'm telling you, if you'll stand your ground where God planted your feet, God will raise up what died in you because you did what God told you to do. Yes. Don't be afraid to face your enemy and stand having done all else. Amen. I was having a conversation with my family the other day, and I think this is probably partly why some people have a problem with the way that I preach. Y'all can't imagine that, can you? Nobody in here, but anyway. I'm so transparent. You read me like an open book. Some might argue that you're transparent. I remember as a teenager seeking God, and I would hear my mentors tell me, don't ever lose your sincerity. That is your value. And I learned to treasure honesty and transparency early on, even at my own expense, even if it meant making other people uncomfortable because they're not as transparent as me, and it makes them feel uh, awkward and uncomfortable because they can't be as transparent as I And I'm not trying to outshine anybody. I'm not trying to be more spiritual than anybody. I'm just trying to be real. Amen. Amen. And we was having a candid conversation in the family living room the other day. 
about the certain predicaments that we've come across in ministry from time to time. And one of my concerns uh, was that what am I teaching my son in my responses to trials and tribulations in the ministry? How do we respond to, uh, what's the word I need to say, Lord? How do we respond to uh, non-supportive individuals or incidents in ministry? How do we respond to that? The flesh says, don't show your boys that people can just walk over you and treat you any way they want to. You better stand up for yourself and teach them boys how to stand up for yourself. But the spirit says, show them boys how to serve even their worst Show them boys how to wash the feet of their betrayer. Show them boys how to love people when they hate you. Show them boys how to support others that refuse to support you. And God began to teach me a, a valuable lesson that my boys are learning much bigger lessons than how to stand up for themselves. They're learning how to stand up for Jesus. Because I've seen Jesus stand up for people that nobody else would stand up for. I've seen Jesus love people that nobody else cared for. I've seen Jesus uh, stand up. Uh, you read your Bible. He stood up for a woman caught in the very act of adultery. And no one else would defend her. And nobody else would uh, help her. But Jesus told them all, said, He that is without sin cast the first stone. And from the greatest of the least, they all dropped their rocks in Holy Ghost conviction and stepped out. But called not one of them was found guiltless before God. And Jesus didn't defend her actions, but he defended her redemption yes. opportunity. He said, here's what you do. I don't condemn that. No, you're forgiven. You're saved. But go and sin no more. Here's your opportunity. And I saw Jesus love people. I've been in my Bible where Jesus loved those that hate Here's what I'm figuring out. Only God knows the hearts of men. Only God knows who to continue to invest in, even when they're mean and cantankerous, and who to walk away from and wash the dust off. Only God knows all of that. All I know to do is try to be like Jesus. And I fail most days, but every once in a while I figure it out. Every once in a while I want to love people and and my heart is really just to help people. You understand what I'm saying? I, 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 that's what's so frustrating when you have a gallon heart in a pint-sized world is when you love people and they treat you like trash. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I, this is not a gripe fed. This is not a complaint. This is not a woe is me, feel sorry for me kind of sermon. I'm just trying to teach you something that God is trying to teach me so that I can teach everybody that as he teaches me as their pastor is we've got to learn how to stand, not just what to take stand forward. Amen. Amen. It matters how you stand. Some people would join with the ranks of the Pharisees with the rocks and get ready to throw rocks at people that are uh, caught in the very act and say, well, bless God, we took a stand. Well, you stood all right, but you were standing wrong. You're standing in the wrong place in your heart. You're standing in the wrong place in your attitude. See, it matters how you stand. Not just 
to stand, but how? Your attitude, your disposition. If you wish me, say it, man. My goodness. Yeah. And then got off in the deep territory and I ain't even gave the introduction yet. Woo, help me, Jesus. Uh, uh, let me hurry through this. Number one, posture matters. Posture. Verse 14 said, Stand therefore. Now, you and I both know there's a big difference between sitting and standing. I get tickled. Brother Jim Estes was a, is a friend of mine that I uh, worked for back several years ago before I was even, a, this is about over 20 years ago probably, or about 20, 15, 20 years ago. And uh, after we moved to Mississippi and he had a construction company and he would have been roofing and just miscellaneous stuff. Uh, he was one of those... Uh, uh, picture up or basically you know he would do what nobody else would do you know how you can't get contracted to do certain types of work but Jim would take it off you know and so no no two jobs were the same and it was always a learning curve so he always gave me a hard time because it seemed like there was always something I didn't know well I'm like well I didn't know I've never been taught so instead of criticizing when I know it teaches me right and so anyway I remember one day I was uh, painting I think I was painting the baseboards and I was, <laughs> y'all gonna laugh at me. I wasn't on my knees, I was on my rear, and I was scooping along painting that baseboard. He said, Boy, you can't get nothing done sitting down. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what's funny about that, I ended up with an office job, and I would laugh at it from time to time. So you remember when he said I could not make money sitting down? I do it every day now. <laughs> <laughs> but in war, you can't get nothing done sitting down. You can't quit. You might not be able to walk, but you can't sit down because your posture tells people what your disposition is. If you sit down now, it will tell everybody that you have surrendered. Right? So your posture matters. Standing gives the posture of fortitude and resilience. Not only does your posture matter, but verse 14b, notice, uh, uh, and therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness, it begins to uh, catalog a whole list of armor that you should be putting on. So number two, your protection matters. And don't just stand there unprotected, gird yourself about with truth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Equip yourself with the knowledge of the Holy One of Israel. Get your head in that Bible and don't take the fight sitting down. Get in that book so that book can get in you so that when tomorrow comes and another devil comes knocking on your door to bring another load of trouble your way, you will be equipped with truth that will prepare you to face another day with truth about you. Protection matter. You got to protect your mind. The Bible says, "Keep your heart or protect your heart." Uh, in, in the Bible, heart can be synonymous with the disposition of thought, not necessarily, not necessarily the brain and just facts and information, but how you uh, live by what's in your head. It's, it's more to do with uh, your motives and, and your thought life. But heart uh, uh, and protect your heart with all diligence for all the of life. So when you're standing, protect yourself. I know the enemy's 
coming in strong, but there are protective measures that God has given you through His Word that will help you be able to withstand in the evil day. These truths matter. And this tells us that we cannot equip ourselves with the middle man's armor. You remember when David, they tried to get David to wear Saul's armor, and he said, I haven't proved this. won't fit me. I know what works for me. Let me just go out and with my bare hands and with a slingshot, I'll show you how to get the job done. Hey, it's funny how people try to put their armor on you and expect you to fight your battle their way. Yeah. You don't know where they're at. You don't know what they're facing. You may have similarities, but you don't know the nuances of struggle that they had that you've never faced before. So you better just let the Holy Ghost teach them how to take the word that he teaches them and fight their battle with it. Amen. And don't judge them, pray for them, help them. But don't expect everybody to fight your battle your way or fight their battle your way. Amen. Listen. Find you a place in the closet somewhere. Get along with God. Get in the Bible and ask the Holy Ghost to give you a strategy and give you something to stand on and give you something to face your day with. And He will armor you and He'll suit you up like a mighty king in battle. You'll be able to stand and your armor will be impenetrable. I've got wrote down here when your armor is invisible, because this is a spiritual battle, not a physical one. If you're with me, say amen. amen. When your armor is invisible, your spirit becomes invincible. Amen. I said your spirit. You know why the devil plays your flesh? Because he knows if he plays your flesh long enough, he'll get to your spirit. Nothing will make you any more frustrated than physical problems. If you're with me, say Amen. amen. It'll get you all fouled up in your attitude and your thinking. All of a sudden, you'll be down in the dumps. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Everybody goes to that from time to time. Uh, by the way, I got sick the day after Thanksgiving. I, I, I guess I'm allergic to smoked meat now, so good for me, right? <laughs> and I was miserable. And I, not only was I miserable, but I was depressed. And the devil took advantage of that depressing day and come and lie to me with every lie he could think of all day long. Why? Because I was physically weak. But you know, pulled me up and threw me out of it was the truth that I stand on from the Word of God. I know all the devil a liar. Amen. Amen. And so what you got to do is you got to make your spirit invincible. Though in my flesh, I make no worms uh, destroy my flesh, yet Job said, in my flesh shall I see God. Job is like, a, I, I know my flesh has been destroyed, but I got to keep my spirit strong. And, and I know your flesh is weak because everybody's flesh is made of the same thing. And if you say you're not weak, you're lying. Amen. Amen. Your flesh is weak. Amen. But you can make that spirit invincible by surrounding it with the truths of God's word. And you can go through your fire singing the praises of Jesus. Protection matters. Number three, preparation matters. Uh, you know what standing speaks of? It speaks of being prepared for your next move. You may not be moving right yet, but you're prepared to. You get what I'm saying? Now, verse 15, having your feet shod with the what? Preparation of the gospel of peace. You may not be fixing to travel yet, but you need to be ready to. Amen. Never let anybody criticize you for being ready to go when God says go. 
He said, well, I, 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 I'm not going. Are you ready to go? God may not always send you, but he always wants you to be ready. Right. Ready to go. Must have hurt, might hurt some of your feelings. I've got to go in my spirit. And God says, go, I'm going. I'm not saying that. I, what I mean is God, if God told me to resign today, I'd have to do it. Because I've got to go in my spirit, but also got to stay in my spirit when God says stay. Sometimes the stay is stronger than the go. Amen. And sometimes you go further staying than you've been going. That's why you got to listen to the Holy Ghost. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm talking about preparation matters. Don't belittle your standing time just because you're standing still. Because God could be getting really ready for something awesome. Amen. Woo! Hallelujah. Y'all get excited with me about that. Yeah. God is preparing you. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has entered into the hearts of them that believe the things that God has prepared for them to love Him. But He has revealed them unto us by His Spirit. God will begin to talk to you about your future. And he'll give you an expected end. Something to look forward to and expect God to do in your life. You might come through this trial and say, I don't know when, I don't know where, and I don't know how, and I don't know what. But one of these days I'm coming up and I'm coming out. And God is going to still be by my side because I'm not leaving his. Amen. And even if I left his, he'd go with me. I told my wife, I said, if you ever move out, I'm moving with you. <laughs> you know, the Lord says, if you ever try to move away from him, behold, he is there. He'll beat you to the place you're running from him to. He'll be there waiting on you. Amen. That's faithfulness right there. All right, so preparation matters. Number four, peacefulness. Uh, what is having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of what? Peace. Gospel of peace. See, we get this battle mentality in our fleshly side, and we think, bless God, we're going to roll up our sleeves and throw some punches. We're going to get even. We're going to show them, bow up in the flesh, stick out our chest, beat our chest, and say, hear me roar. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The Bible says that we need to be prepared with the gospel of peace. Yeah. This is what I got right now. If they war, let them war against Jesus' grace, not regret. My uh, my youth pastor's wife, Miss Jenny Hoops, taught me something I've never forgotten. You know what she said? She said, kill them with kindness. Yeah. Amen. You want to know how to win a fight every time in a church? Love them till they just can't stand it anymore. Just love them. Just be good to them. Be the kind of Christian you can't, I can't stop them from loving me. They don't have, no matter how bad I treat them, they just come back with more love. Sooner or later, they'll get on the nerves and they'll get right with God. I'm just telling you, this is how we need to fight. I'm not saying we don't fight like this. Because we get in the flesh sometimes, don't we? Yeah. But the Lord wants us all to learn how to stand. It matters how you stand. Yes. And peacefulness matters. Staying with the posture of peace. I know he's got a sword in his hand. We're going to get to that. But it, let me remind you that the sword is the sword of the Lord. Amen. In fact, 
every bit of the battle armament belongs to God. All right. You're putting on God's armor. You're putting on what God fights with. Yes. It's yes. good enough for God in order to be good enough for you and me. And what privilege do we have that God will let us use His armor? Amen. Amen. I mean, we have every battle. Why wouldn't you learn from the best? Yes. Amen. I mean, I, I was taught in business. Uh, if you want to learn how to be a successful businessman, you learn from the best. Find gurus that have done it, been there, done that. Bought the t shirt and teach you a few things. That's what you do. You study from success. If you want to know how to win your battles, figure out what God wears when He wins His battles. Well, Ephesians 6 is the key to that. Why would you fight with anything different when He told you, I'm lending you my armor and I put it on? Yes. Peace. Peacefulness. I think God wants to take the edge off, the rough edge, and breathe peace into His church worldwide. Fightings and wars are not necessary. Not amongst our own. Friendly fire is not necessary. Amen. And, and even when our Enemies come against us, those who are truly enemies of the cross. We don't fight them like they fight us. We also bring the gospel of peace to them. Say, so if you want to fight, you might have to take on with Jesus, but I'm going to love you. In, in the Lord, awesome to be like that. Because that's just not human nature. Is it? <laughs> it goes against everything in our five of our demons. We want to defend self. What God teaches them to understand what he says. Peacefulness matters. I'm enjoying this. What about you? Yes, Prayer matters. Somebody want me to get the holler a little bit. My, my voice is weak this morning, so I'm going to teach. I'm, I'm in teaching here this morning. Prayer matters. Praying always with all prayer. You see, you thought God didn't hear you. Here you are. It ain't happened yet. And you're still praying and nothing moves, nothing's done. In fact, it really not work. It does better. And the devil lying to you and say, well, God ain't hearing you. Your prayers don't even get past the ceiling. Let me ask you a question. If God told us to pray always, you reckon he's always listening? Amen. Oh, wow, what a revelation. Here, here's my note on this one. Those who always pray are always heard. Amen. Come on. There's not a prayer you utter that he that had heard. In fact, he knows your thoughts are far off. He heard you pray before you even thought about praying. That's right. Good night. Yeah, God heard you. And he cares Amen. about everything he's praying about. That's a, that's a comfort right there. Standing, having done all. All I got, all I got left is prayer. Well, don't talk about that as if it's a disadvantage, please. All I can do is pray. Acting as if that's the last ditch effort and it's a pitiful effort at that. It's probably not going to work kind of attitude. All we got left is prayer. That should have been the first thing you did. Amen. 
That should be the middle thing you did. And it should be the last thing you do. Because the Bible said pray always. Don't wait until crisis mode to start praying. Can I get an amen to it? Standing, having done all, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Wow, that means your, your prayer needs to be guided by the Holy Spirit of God. That means you need to be disengaged from yourself and engaged in God's will and God's thoughts in your prayer. I'm pulling a note up that I didn't put on my outline, but it's going to be in line with what the Holy Ghost is saying. You remember when Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane? Hey, Father, if thou wilt be willing, remove this cup from me. Yep. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. This is what I wrote down. I believe that when we quit looking for a way out and start looking for a way through, our faith will begin to mature and materialize to Christ-likeness. And yield cross endurance strength, death defying exploits, and resurrecting results. Yes. Good. God Almighty. Hallelujah. I could stop preaching right there, but I'm not going to. <laughs> not yet. I want to read that again, though. I believe that when we quit looking for a way out and start looking for a way through, our faith will begin to mature and materialize to Christ likeness. And yield cross enduring strength, death defying exploits, and resurrecting results. That is when we know that our faith has been solidified. Is when we come up to having done all, we still stand and we still say, I trust you, Lord. I trust you. I not understand you, but I trust you. Oh, I knew you. Don't know me like I thought I did. But I, I'm willing to figure you out. If you reveal more of yourself to me, I'm sticking with you. I don't know where else to go. To whom shall we go? For thou alone hast the words of life. And that's when your faith really becomes solid and God can use it in great ways. Not necessarily when your problems have been resolved, but when your faith is indestructible. Your faith should not be determined by whether or not God gives you your favor you ask for. Right. We don't exchange faith with God when he does favors for us. We don't say, God, you do for me, I'll keep trusting you. But you can cut it off, I'm cutting you off. No, you better not cut God off at any time, any there, any hour. Because you don't need to cry too soon over your battles. Are you, are you ready for this word? God's pouring it in me. Now you got to listen. You remember Lazarus was dead four days. Yes. In their mind, Jesus was too late. <laughs> too late, Lord. Should have come four days ago. If thou hast been here, my brother would not have died. Boo -hoo they were, and we would all have done the same thing. Yeah. Would we? Yeah. They were hiding too soon, though. Don't shed your tears yet. God ain't over yet. God ain't done yet. When it looks completely past the point of no return. Yes. When it looks completely hopeless, 
the Bible said that Abraham's body was as good as dead. He against hope, believed in hope. Your faith is not strong when it's easy to assess the situation and you can see your way through. Naturally. Amen. Your faith is solidified when you look into that black hole of existence that you're in and there is no solution. There is no remedy that you can see. There is no possibility. And you're still saying, I don't know how, but I'm still going to trust God. Yes. When I don't see His hand, I can trust His heart. Yes. Prayer matters when you stand. If you ain't got nothing else but prayer led, thank God you still got prayer. Yes. Amen. Yes. I love my mother-in-law. She wrote a song years ago. Long as there's prayer, there's hope. Yes. Woo! Because yeah. when you pray, God listens. Mm -hmm. And when God listens, He responds. Who would have thought that the God of the universe who created everything that we see and know, and even the things we don't see and can't know, He created it all, would give us direct audience with Him and give us the ability to persuade Him to influence the affairs of men by what we say in prayer. Amen. Wow. God's sovereign. He's going to do what he wants to. Yeah, and he's so sovereign that he decided to include your will into, into what he decided to do. Did you know that? Yes. He does. Now, I know his, his sovereignty overrules. I know he can he, he can do whatever he wants to do, but it was his sovereignty that decided to allow himself to be influenced by your prayers. So you better get back to prayer. Don't, don't be praying because you don't hear him. Don't quit praying because you don't see an answer. You pray anyway. Yes. And you trust anyway. Amen. Yes. That's how you stand. You keep praying. You never quit praying. Never quit praying. That's right. Amen. Perseverance matters. Watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all things. Listen to this. He who runs in the heat of battle, his strength is small. God help us. What would I be teaching my boys if I just took tail and run at the first side of the coach? Amen. And by the way, what do you teach your family? When there's a little hiccup at church, and the first thing you do is call the church, call the preacher, and quit church. Yeah. Wrong precedent that we need to set. Gotta learn how to have some stability, learn how to love folks, learn how to forgive, learn how to zip thin lips and pray for people that you're tempted to talk about. And pray and show your kids how to be faithful. Because guess what? Don't ever join a perfect church. I sure you do, you'll mess it up. Newsflash, there are no perfect churches. But we're all human. What we got to do is figure out how to stand together. And it matters how we stand. And then the last point. This is my favorite one. Preaching matters. Amen. 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 I love it. And for me, he said, that utterance may be given unto me. 
What are you going to say during your trial? During your heat of the moment battle, when the pressure's on from every side, what's coming off of your lips? And I suggest to you that to be Christ-like is to do what Jesus did. When from the cross he was nailed to, he prayed blessings over those who put him on. Yes. Yes. My God. The Bible said there was no gall in his mouth. That means he didn't utter one word of bitterness or hatred or frustration or anger at those who nailed him to the cross. But instead he would say, Lord, don't hold this against them. They don't even know what they're doing. Oh, if that was you and me, we'd be like, kill him, God. Kill him. After all I did for you, Lord, just rake him over the coals and do him a good one, Lord. That's how we would pray in our flesh. Now, before you look at me through St. Tony's, don't pretend like you haven't been tempted to pray a rash on somebody every once in a while. Something. Come on, man. We may not pray that way, but we sometimes we might wish we could. Thank you. Lord, forgive me. We might say, Lord, forgive me. I apologize for thinking that. Right? Yeah. But when the pressure's on, you know what? The Lord wants to teach us how to do it. He wants to teach us how to preach while we're standing under pressure. Yes. Oh, I've got this wrong so many times. But I'm trying to be moldable and teachable. God, help me never to say the wrong thing when I'm under pressure. Y'all pray for me like that, would you? Lord, keep your servants. May no guile be found in his mouth. I want to be as sweet as Jesus. I'm far from it. But this is a goal that we should all. See, it matters how we stand. It matters. Lord, help us. Lord help us. Preaching matters. He said in verse 20, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly. He said that the very reason I'm under this pressure is so that when I get here, I'll speak what God wants me to speak. And it's interesting, it implies that he would not have said it had he not been in that place under that pressure. Amen. By the way, before you hold it against me for saying things sometimes that I do say things for the Holy Spirit, you might take into consideration that God might have put the pressure on me a certain way so that I say things a certain way to help us a certain way. God does that. That's his business. It's not mine. God puts that pressure on the things that need to be said so that we can get to moving in the direction we get to moving. Yes. Amen. And that's my prayer. God help me to find that healthy balance. Mm -hmm. Say only what you want me to say. But if you're trying to squeeze the joy juice of the Holy Ghost out of me, then may it be pure wine from heaven. Yes. If I'm going to be crushed, may it bless your people. Yes. That should be the desire. Amen. Amen. If this is going to hurt, it might hurt me to make those others. And when you learn to stand like this, you learn that it's not all about you and me. 
Uh, and I'll say this when a Christian is put under pressure, it often goes out preaching. Gotta be called about Jesus. And I'll push out praise. I, I actually, in the process of preparing for the sermon, I, I have other, I have a whole list of sermon titles that I could preach as, as a spinoffs from this one. Yes. And one of them, I'm just going to give you the title. I don't know if I'll preach the whole message or not. But you know what? God wants you to do. He wants you to come out with your hands up. <laughs> Amen. Yes. <laughs> Y'all get that? He wants you to come out with your hands up, surrendered and serving and praising God. Don't let the devil rob you of your joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Don't give the devil your advantage. Don't, hey, you may meet, meet your happiness may be far out of sight, but that don't mean you have to lose or give up your joy because joy can endure when happiness is gone. Amen. I've got the joy of the Lord because my joy rests not the in the strength or stability of my natural environment, but in the strength of the unseen hand with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Amen. Right, right. And he is the giver of life, and he is ready to distribute the, to you and I as we come out with our hands up. That's right. Amen. Stand your feet, everybody. Uh, bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. I thought, number one, would surely be thought I could be what I wanted to be, and I thought of myself as a mighty big man, the Lord I can't walk without you holding my hand. Maybe we need a praise. Maybe we need to sing. Maybe we need a praise. Lord, I can't even walk without you holding my hand.
Church, love each other on the way out. 